welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Get a ski report? Uh huh. They're calling for heavy snow and a good base, so it should be fine. Alright, we're almost there. Let's get out on those slopes. But it is, it gives the dead the appearance of life. It is not the appearance of life, it is life. This is not magic. As you say, I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our snowy, cold month here on the Retro Blood, and we're going out ice cold. I was going to say hot, but, you know, that doesn't really go with the theme. We're going out ice cold, brother, okay? Because if you like, yeah, you got it, if you like drama, well, we got drama in this one. If you like struggling actresses who try to get a part in a fake movie where there's a doctor in a wheelchair who is trying to blackmail uh, her, another patient. There's twin sisters everywhere. And there's a guy named Murray who's kind of weird. <laughs> Boy, this is the review for you, brother. Okay? Because we're yeah. talking all about... This shit was fucking weird. He was weird. Okay? It's just awkward. And, and by the way, I'm going to talk about it. That Rob guy with the cast, he has heat with me. But we'll get into it. Because we're talking all about <laughs> Dead of Winter, brother. Yes, you are not listening to you're not listening to a, a rerun of curtains. No, brother, this is Dead of Winter. They're kind of similar. You know what I mean? Like the uh, cur- in a way, yeah. Except this was actually crazier than curtains. I think. You think so? I thought curtains was a little crazy. Oh yeah, this this movie was batshit insane. Okay, maybe oh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get yes. to the end. It, it, the ending is just fucking crazy. That's true. So yeah, well yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a strange one. It. It kind of reminded me, like, the vibe of it was like an old-school X-Files episode at first. I don't know why I was getting that. Maybe just the way they did the camera. Um, but it was a very interesting plot. But we'll get in all into that. Um, all that uh, all that good Dead Winter stuff. But, yeah, this is our last uh, review of the uh, talking about snow and horror, 1980 horror movies and stuff. And uh, I just want to ask you something, Allison. So... Yep. Is it required that we have to have drama when there's snow? Because if anything, oh, yeah. if anything indicates this month of what these things, we should have just done drama, all right, for the fucking month. Because it's like every fucking movie ought to have some sort of like, like you know, disputes or I don't like you, or, you don't believe in me, this and you know, this and that. So, but very interesting. Yeah, I never knew. So, like, I ahead. think so. I, I I think when it gets all icy and snowy, like I think that it just creates drama. You know, it just, you know, it brings out drama in people. I know. But uh, when you're trapped somewhere with people, it gets dramatic. So, well, I live by myself. There you go, with the cows. With the yes, with the cows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, like we do on every Retro Blood episode, we will talk about our history segment. Now, this movie came out February 6th, 1987. Six, six or, yeah. 
And I really like this era. Nineteen. Well, I think I said this. I think I said this every time we do like a 1987 era. But like this one was kind of weird because you know usually 1987 like horror movies and stuff they don't really have like this like yeah. elegant vibe to them. You know what I mean? Like it's more That's like true. rock and roll, raunchy slasher. We got some slimy demons around there everywhere. You know what I mean? Like a little bit more rock and roll. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this one was actually pretty like you know refreshing in that way where it's like more like an like an elegant story uh we're gonna have nice english actors in here talking about their 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 acting skills and stuff and we're gonna have a plot line that's uh like a swerve so i thought you know you know it's good to spice it up a little bit but this is the uh american release date and we do have a lot of metal to talk about but allison what do we have for the wrestling, what are we going to be? What 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 are we doing around 1987, brother? We're like we're the height of Hulkamania, all right. We got Ric yep. Flair running around there everywhere. We got all these territories going yep. crazy. What are we watching? Yep. So um, we actually this is for February the seventh, 1987, um, which is you know the next day after the show came out. But yes. I discovered this and I want to talk about it because I actually found it on YouTube, but not in time to watch the entire show. But I did watch a lot of it. So Jim Crockett, which is, you know, my, my hometown promotion, wrestling promotion, and uh, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, all the greats of all time. They did a show, which I don't know if this aired more than once or if it was like a special, but they had a show that night called Super Towns on the Superstation. So, you know, TBS from Atlanta is known as the Superstation. Um, so Super Towns on the Superstation um, aired, and it was hosted by Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. And it was basically like a it was like a highlight show, I guess you could say. So like all these shows that they'd done in the past month and filmed where they were traveling all over the country, they filmed these uh, these shows and they would play like a match from Philadelphia and a match from Los Angeles and a match from uh, you know other places that they went. Um, this is a pretty jam-packed show. And like I said, you can watch it on YouTube and maybe we'll link to it on the Facebook group Facebook page so you can see it. But um, they started off with Barry Windham versus Arn Anderson. Oh, okay, nice. Which good good starting match, which uh, Barry won. That was from Philadelphia. It was, was it for the uh, Western States Ch Heritage Championship? I don't think anybody had a title at this okay. time, but that that's that was the Barry Windham title, right? Yeah, Western yeah, States. That had to be like like when I think of that title, I think Barry Windham. So yeah. The it should just be the title. Barry Windham title now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just be the Barry. We're Wyndham gonna bring title. that one back. How come we can't have it on like the the WWE or AEW? Okay, we guys, we're bringing back uh, the Western States Heritage Championship. That's, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that Tony Khan would bring back that championship if we just asked him. Yeah. So next time we run into Tony, we'll just ask him if he'll bring it back. And yeah, one who, who on AEW would? Yeah, who on AEW would be the champion for that? Who would you put that on? I'd either put it on Lance Archer or Adam yep. Page. I was thinking the same thing. Lance Archer is perfect. Yeah, he'd be perfect. <laughs> there you go. And then, like, he can only do it in, like, you know, death matches and shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would be perfect. And it, and it has to be a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a southwestern yeah. uh, town. So it has to be in Texas or Arizona or somewhere like that to, to, uh, to, to, uh, yeah. to defend it. <laughs> he can um, only defend <laughs> it in the south. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. So the next match was Brad Armstrong versus Jimmy Garvin, okay. which ended in our favorite way to end a match 
in these times, DQ. Um, it was, I watched part of that match too. It was okay. Brad Armstrong comes from the famous Armstrong yes. family of wrestlers. Um, Bullet Bob was like the patriarch of that family, I guess, yeah. uh, all the way down to Road Dog. Road Dog. I don't know brother. if there's any Armstrong's wrestling now, but Road Dog was a, was a, I think was the last, the last one. was the last, uh, Armstrong. You know what I heard they, about, they um, the, you know what I heard about, um, Brad Armstrong? Like, you what? know, obviously he was a good wrestler and stuff, but he's very plain and ordinary. Like, you know, very, like, dull, you know, character-wise. Yeah. I actually heard he was very similar to how Dean Malenko was, where he sucked. He was not sucked, but he was, like, no personality on the camera, but he was, like, a big, like, funny guy, jokester backstage. Right. So it's weird how, like, he just... you're, like, a funny dude and stuff, but when you go on camera, you're just, like, ice cold. Well, you know, I knew. Th- so that was, like, Dean Malenko's gimmick, which I get it. But, like, Brad Armstrong, like, you know, this motherfucker, like, he was just the same, you know, great wrestler, but there's, like, no personality to him at all on the screen. Yeah, that that that's, like, the problem with a lot of pe- people in wrestling. A lot yeah. of people that could have been great, but they just don't have any charisma. They're just, like, it is what it is, you know? Like, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, John Laurinaitis. Oh, yeah. Like that when he wrestled. Yeah. Like in a lot of cases. Like he just didn't have a lot of personality. You telling me you don't like part. the dynamic dudes? <laughs> well, I do like the dynamic dudes. <laughs> so but yeah, when he was like when he when he's in a tag team, he's great. But you know, when he's when he's wrestling on his own, he's just a guy who just fights. You know, like all those uh well, most of the uh USC guys were kind of like that. Dan Severin was just a guy who fights. <laughs> yeah. Um Steve With a shirt on. really didn't have a lot of Right, with a shirt on. Steve Blackman didn't have a lot of personality. Well, Steve Blackman um, but, you know, did the head cheese gimmick. Well, yes, they finally did find head cheese for him, didn't they? It's kind of like so, when they did yeah. that gimmick where Landstorm had a big penis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how they always gave like these like really dope. And then they made Dean Malenko like a playboy. Like they made him like he was James Bond. <laughs> I was like. We're just gonna throw some fucking random gimmicks on these guys. It's like the WWE yeah, is yeah. the WWE is incapable of just having a plain wrestler go out there and wrestle. Like you know what I mean? Like it, they just can't do it. They're just like, no, it's not. We're not doing that. We gotta slap no, some gimmick gotta, on this guy. It, it's uh-huh. gotta be some like cartoon gimmick. Yeah. Um. So then we move on. So the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson beat. Uh, Ivan Koloff and Vladimir Petrov. So I'm not familiar with oh, who Vladimir ever beat. Petrov is. Yeah, apparently no one. He, and that night he did not beat the Rock Hill Express because they won by DQ. Um, Good old DQ, brother. Then you had, right, then you had, then you moved up to, definitely moved up on the card. So the NWA TV champion, Tully Blanchard, battled Dusty Rhodes to a double DQ. So we oh. had a little bit of excitement there. They DQ'd each other. Oh, wow. So, so far, <laughs> only one of these matches has actually ended in a pinfall. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring the whole people happy, brother. Can't be pinning exactly. my shoulders on the mat. All right. And then um, they had, uh, let's see, was that the last match? No, they had one more match. So the main event of the show was a, um, here they call it a scaffold match, but it was actually... Um, a, one of the Skywalkers matches that they were doing at 80, 86 and 87 where they put up the big scaffolding above the ring and then um, you know, two tag teams would be in it and they would gingerly fight each other at the top of this uh, scaffold until one of them uh, had enough bravery to fall off of it and lose. 
But that was the Road Warriors versus the Midnight Express, and okay. the Midnight Express got knocked off the scaffold to to win, and that was taped in Los Angeles. So that was also kind of uh, the beginning of the problems for Crockett too, because they, you know they always said that if Crockett had just stayed east of the Mississippi, they'd still be in business. Yeah. But they were flying, you know, like Learjet to Los Angeles to do these shows. And they were just stretching themselves further than they could afford to to do. Really. Now this wasn't the the scaffold or sky whatever they want to call it. The one that Jim Cornette hurt himself on. That was at Starcade, I believe. Right. This is just that like a, a like, this is yeah, just like was, a live yeah. event. Yeah, that was just this was just a live event that was taped. But um, yeah, that that famous one was I believe was Starcade '86 in Sh- Chicago, right? It's yeah, High Town Heat. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one where he fell. Where he was supposed to fall on Big Bubba, and uh, he and Bubba missed him, and he just fell straight down to the mat. It's crazy they still had and, those uh, matches. Like, I mean, they're like not. I mean, they're exciting in a way, but they're not not really that exciting. You know what I mean? It's just like not. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you were there, yeah, <laughs> maybe if you were there, it'd be more exciting. But when you try to watch it, they're like the bell rings, and they're just like barely moving yeah, like, fuck toward this. each other it's like oh holy god it's like yeah they're just like i don't none, none of us want to do this shit and you're like holding on to each other so they don't fall like they're balancing each other with their with each other's bodies and it's just like yeah it's just like this was a terrible terrible idea well i mean it sounded yeah, a good show was, though that was, yeah that was a real i mean it was a good show it was um you know i mean it was something to watch on television that we would have been able to see wouldn't see all our heroes uh, no Ric Flair on this. So I'm guessing he was off doing something else. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah. Tully and Dusty to a double DQ, that would have been a hell of a Oh yeah, very oh yeah. I mean, those guys had phenomenal matches, you know. And a phenomenal ri- rivalry too with those guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, fuck. <laughs> man, you to be honest with you, that Tully Brancher, man, you could not get a more solid wrestler in the eighties than this guy. I mean, he could That's do anything. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, probably, yeah. this guy could do anything. I mean, fucking yeah, promos. Yeah, ever had a bad match. No, I mean, fucking promos are on like great promos, no problem. Look like a champion. Suits, great vignettes. He did. Remember he did those vignettes with the uh, JJ Dillon, where he's in a suit. Yeah, just fucking oh, Tully, yeah. Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Then he joins the Horsemen, even raises up his stock even more. You know, and then fucking in a tag team with Arn. I mean, fuck, this guy just did it all. I mean, damn. Like it wasn't until like you know he got. You know when he he went to the WWF with Arn and did they did the their tag team over there, and then he and then he tried to come back to WWF. Then he got you know caught for the cocaine. But then after that, you don't really see him that much anymore. He would just be like here and there. Yeah. So, but this guy was like phenomenal. I mean, he was like probably the one of the most breakout stars of the uh, the nineteen eighties, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And he uh, he actually lives near us, kind of unless yeah. he moved. Yeah, he but still yeah, does stuff. You know, ago, he lived near us. Yeah. You know, he did that good old stuff at FTR. I've always been a big uh, Tully. I think he's just, he's always been a, I, I think he, I think he could have been a bigger star than, you know, he, he, he what, what turned out to be. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, you know, he, if he wasn't underneath Flair, he would have been a much bigger star. And then yeah. obviously he was, you know, in the tag team with Arn for years. Yeah. And then going to WWF, he was going to be under Hogan. So, you know, he, it's just like you can only rise so much in, yeah. in either one of those uh, organizations, really. Yeah. But, you know, he did that run with the U.S. belt. So, you know, pretty high True. profile. So, yeah, sounds Absolutely. like a good show. I'm liking it. You know, I bet our boy uh, Roland from, you know, that fucking Katie's brother, I bet he would like 
see some. He he probably watched this mid uh, this uh, uh, Crockett show with us. Yeah, he definitely looked like a wrestling fan. Yeah, he, he yeah he did. So this one's kind of interesting. So the metal music is actually pretty interesting. When I was doing mm-hmm. some of my research, I know you did too. I didn't realize how many like good albums are actually out in 1987. And we have a lot to talk about when we, when we do this. I mean, I found like two I def- desperately want to talk about. All right, it's okay, the, the do doc. It. Well, I'm not going to talk about it now, but you know, I'm going to save those when we, when we do the release date. <laughs> but I have two I desperately want to talk about. It's like from Dokken and Creator. All right, but we'll, we'll get to oh, those yeah. when we get around those release dates and stuff. But the one I found is actually pretty interesting. All right, and Allison, I want you to enlighten us on this. This, this is kind of like a super group over here. And I never heard about him. I know we were talking before we went on there. You never really heard about him either. But I'm pretty interested in this band. Yeah. I was listening to a little bit of them. They actually sound really like solid. So this this band was they they formed in England, all right. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm saying the name right. Phenomena, all right. That's the band's yeah, name. Yeah, that's what I would say. Phenomena. Yeah, that's how I would say. Yeah. And so it was the concept was formed by record producer Tom Galley and his brother, the White mm-hmm. White Snake guitarist. Mel Galley. Yeah, Mel huh? Galley was one of the guitar players for Wisening. Yes. At the time. And then so dur- so they have a couple, you know, recordings. So they they recorded this this uh little EP. It was called Phenomena 1. And then when they did that, they were mm-hmm. joined by Metal ha- Metal ha- Metal Hammer founder Wilfred Ringsberg. All right? And then he also they also had contributors like from from their band, Glenn Hughes, Brian May, and John Wenton. So it's kind of like a like a super group almost in a way. So. Yes, absolutely. I would say that's absolutely the case. And um, yeah, it's like one of those bands. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, um, you know, the album we're gonna be talking about is the Phenomena Two Dream Runner. Mm-hmm. So they released that around the release date of Dead of Winter, brother. You know, it is a uh, European release date, so we don't have an exact profile when it came out but on this show that shit came out in february brother and we would have got a yeah, foreign was... tape that we cannot play in our cassette taper unless we got a converter if they even had mm-hmm. anything like yeah, that it was, it was <laughs> definitely early uh definitely early 1987 so it counts for what we're talking about um but yeah like you 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 introduced this band to me because i haven't i had never heard of this band but like looking at some of the people that played on phenomena 2 dream runner um I mean, it has some amazing people on it. I mean, you know, it's got Mel Galley playing guitar on every, on all the tracks, but it's also got Scott Gorman, who was in um, uh, Thin Lizzy for a while. Uh, Neil Murray plays bass, and Neil Murray is a famous, pretty famous English guitar uh, bass player. Um, I think he played in Black Sabbath for a while. He may he played in White Snake for a while. He might have played in. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another band he might have been in. Anyway, he was uh, Dio. He might have been a Dio, but he was definitely in um, uh, in um, in these these bands. Um, but he he played bass on it. Um, a lot of these people I don't know who they are. There's a lot of Japanese players on it. The only Japanese yeah. player on this that I know that I've heard of is Kyoji Yamamoto, and he was in a band called Bow Wow. Um, he was he's like he's like considered one of the best Japanese heavy metal guitar players of all time. But he was one of the first people to use guitar tapping in, uh, in, uh, in heavy metal, along with Eddie Van Halen. 
Um, the vocals on this are done by Ray Gillen and Glenn Hughes, which is kind of interesting because um, Ray Gillen and Glenn Hughes. Ray Gillen is an American singer. He was he was in this band called Badlands. Uh, he was also in in Black Sabbath in their what I call the, the wilderness years when they was weren't they they were just not uh, they're not doing it <laughs> they're not doing it they were not doing it they were putting out albums but they just were not doing it they were not they were they're actually pretty good albums but you know it's like Tony Naomi is the only arena you know, making music. Um, but um, those albums are actually pretty good when you when you look at them in a vacuum and you don't compare them to the Ozzy albums or the Dio albums. They're actually pretty good. But he was in Black Sabbath for a while. Um, I knew him from Badlands, which was this band that Jakey e. Lee uh, started after he quit Ozzy Osbourne's band. Um, and they they made an album or two, and then they kind of um, kind of fell kind of fell apart. Um, he really didn't do a lot. He had a lot of health issues, um, and then he died um, not too long ago. Like he he passed away. But also, um, uh, Glenn Hughes was um, in Deep Purple, and he was the bass player. But also, he sang some songs in Deep Purple too. He's a he's a really really good singer and bass player. But yeah, this um, Dream Runner album looks fantastic, though. I'm definitely gonna listen to this you know yeah uh, tomorrow yeah when i was listening to it it's pretty cool because it looks like on a couple different tracks like that's when you get the spice like they kind of like spiced up the singer like the Mm -hmm. singer's like kind of like on a couple different uh, tracks and stuff so that's kind of cool how you they it's kind of like a super group i kind of like you know like you know hidden super groups you know what i mean because it's kind of like they're all uh, all like these famous you know musicians all like working together to create like side projects from like their main bands and stuff and sometimes even the side projects and stuff you know, they can blow up and be big. So yeah, this is definitely yeah, be yeah. a fun I, one. Yeah, I really like super groups. I mean, sometimes they don't go over so well, but, but yeah, I like it when like all these these people from these famous other bands come together and they make different kinds of music from from the from the bands they were in. But yeah, it's very theatrical. Like this, the phenomena too is it's very like, um, like progressive rock or progressive metal, I guess you could say lots of keyboards i like it i like it a lot i mean i've only listened to it like you introduced this to me like not long ago so i only listened to a little bit of it but it's kind of cool because i like one thing i like about this show is learning new stuff like you 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 show me things i've never seen before and you know maybe i show you some things you've never seen before and maybe we show things the audience has never seen before and like it's all kind of a cool like little learning experience yeah yeah exactly it's like it's like you know it's like going on to an audition right and the guy promises you $3,000 just to make a little tape. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's and, not easy. And 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 5000 more if you're accepted. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We're just giving out the, the knowledge over here. But yeah, I, I everybody, have so many questions yeah. about this movie. But. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. But yes, everybody, check out Phenomenon 2. I'll, you know, we'll we'll play some at the end to give you guys a little taste. I this song yeah. like no tr- no no uh no retreat no surrender sounds pretty good so we'll probably play that one at the end for everybody but yeah check this song out everybody I'm kind of interested in myself to explore a l- little bit more about this band because when I when I was in my research and stuff I listened to like one or two songs and I was digging it but I didn't realize the uh the length and like the the, the super group format of this band so check it all out everybody but let's get into who book this shit brother. Dead of Winter. Shit. 
All right. Mm. 1987 American Horror Thriller. It was directed by Arthur Penn. All right. Your boy, Arthur mm-hmm. Penn. Um, yeah, my so boy, Arthur Penn. He, he, <laughs> he's known for a lot of like 1960s stuff. He's yeah, known for yeah. the drama, The Chase. And he also did a like a crime film, Bonnie and Clyde, in yep, 1967. Pretty famous movie, yeah. And, you know, he did uh, Allison's Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go make a fucking horror film, kind of. So, kind of, yeah. So, you know, this guy's gotten, he's gotten like more awards for best director, gold, you know, Golden Globes and stuff, and enemies. So, kind yes. of a, you know, there was, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, there was a lot of like <laughs> really heavy hitters working on this out of this movie. Um, and it was shocking to see how this turned out. Not that it was bad. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> so you know this guy is like a you know um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say Arthur Penn did direct this, but he wasn't the original director. Um, he did not really want to direct it. He it was I think he was producing it, and then he became the director. Yeah. After somebody else dropped out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So pretty much it was it was also co-written by Mark Schumacher. It was a classmate mm-hmm. and friend of Penn's son, Matthew Penn. So they began directing, but soon ran into difficulties. Producer John Bloomgarden took over directing in the interim. So studio executive Alan Lab Jr. asked author Penn, who had initially brought the project to the studio's attention to direct, Penn, re- Penn reluctantly agreed. So so not only so, do we have so drama they, on the film, we have drama yeah. in the back. Yeah, so basically they had a director, and then they had to get rid of the director, and then the producer directed it for a little bit, yes. from, under, from what I understanding of what you just said, and then they got Arthur Penn to finish the directing. Yes. Yeah. I have so many questions about this movie. So so this was filmed in Canada, all right? Yep. Obviously, with all the heavy snow, they probably even have to make any snow. They probably just, that's probably just, all right, we're filming in Canada, no oh, problem. That was, that, yeah, that Ontario was as well, too. Snow. So, this the, they did at the box office. Now I'm not sure. So it was so in it was actually released in January 1987, but I'm not really sure where it's at. Like it says on here, like Arvertas. I don't even know where that's at. Maybe somewhere in Canada. But you know, here is released. That sounds on, like it. Yeah. Yeah, here is released on uh, February 6, 1987, and the box mm-hmm. office for the U.S. Guess how much this thing grossed? Two. Uh... Go ahead. Not a lot. I was going to say not a lot. <laughs> I like how I asked you, but I was going to say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're going to tell me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like $2.4 million. So it was made by uh, MGM yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, we don't have a uh, we don't have a cost, right? We don't know how much this thing costs no, to make. No, nah, I didn't really see anything. Okay. I would, I don't know, man. It didn't seem like that much would be, you know? Uh, the movie no, making it, it said, so. I mean it has some pretty famous actors in it though yeah although it only has four actors really in the whole movie like there's only there's uh one two three four there's six characters but four actors yeah um you know main characters um you know with Roddy McDowell being the most famous person that I know of in the movie you know he was a, he was a pretty big deal at the time so he probably wasn't cheap um yeah. but you know, Mary Steenburgen. I don't know how famous she was at the time. She's a famous actress now. Yeah. Yeah, she does a lot yeah, of stuff. So like now. Um 
you know, some some of the stuff she's done. Uh, let's see. What was it? I just had. Oh, she was in uh, Back to the Future Part Three. Remember her? She was like the yeah, she, the, the cowboy girl that the Doc fell in love with, right? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say she was Doc's girlfriend or yeah. whatever. Um, I don't know if she. Ever, I don't. I don't think she ever made another horror movie, which is uh, not surprising after seeing this. Yeah, she was in um, a Christmas but, Story remake. She was an elf. Like this is way different than the fucking shit we just learned. <laughs> she was in more Christmas movies for Christmas 2008, The Proposal. Let me see if she did anything else in the 80s. Let's see, film career. Yeah. Let's see. The movie that I know her most from is uh, Time After Time. Have you ever seen that? Time? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's really good. It's got. A, it actually might have Roddy McDowell on it too, um, but it's about um uh. Uh, H.G. Wells, the author H.G. Wells, the guy that wrote The Time Machine. Yeah. Um, so so basically it's about him and uh, Jack the Ripper steals his time machine and goes into uh, like 1979 San Francisco and then he has to follow him and try to stop uh, Jack the Ripper. Malcolm McDowell, not Roddy McDowell <laughs> um, was in that. But yeah, Time After Time is where I know her from mostly and Back to the Future, of course. So... In her 80s career, so and here it says in her third film, she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the 1980 film Melvin and Howard, mm. playing Linda. So she Dumas. was an she was an Academy Award winning actress. Yeah, and she and she was in this. Well, she did like three roles but, in hey. this. Oh, right, she played three roles. You're right. She played three three parts. So this she is, also another notable notable role she did does before uh, this movie too, <laughs> was a well-received 1983 film, Cross Creek. Oh. Ever heard of Cross, Cross Creek, Creek, brother? No, I've never seen Cross Creek. I don't think she's um, like done any fucking horror. Like, in this, it doesn't even like bring up that she was no. in this fucking movie. <laughs> so this is <laughs> like, they're just like, okay, I'm not going to mention that one. Because <laughs> even and, in 1985, she also starred in the movie One Magic Christmas. Like, this girl's like a Christmas actor. What the fuck she doing in this? Yeah, well, I guess this movie had snow actor, in it, yeah. so. It did have snow in it, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's it's like one of those, like, you know, you meet her on the street, and you're like, oh, Mary Steenberg, I love Dead of Winter, man. That's your best movie. She's oh, yeah, like, that'd be great. Know, She'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because <laughs> 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 I was in that shit. <laughs> it was like, they paid well. All right, brother. It, it paid well. It was a paycheck. So, but you know, enough with all this stuff. Um, so apparently, you know, the film was released on VHS and DVD. Mm. Uh, it has a Blu-ray for it, but you said this is also on Netflix too. So it's not like it's not like a low-produced film. It's just like no, it's made by MGM. Yeah. So this is a major studio <laughs> movie. This is different than most of the movies that we do on this show. Yeah. That's this true. movie probably costs like more than all the other movies on this that that we've talked about this month combined. Yes, and boy, was it something! Was, it, was something? it something? Speaking of something, let's get on into it, everybody. Let's get on let's to the full review of Dead of Winter. It's beautiful. The storm, the pine trees. It's like a dream. You are going to have to be perfect. Your face, your hair. Everything has to be just right. I think Dr. Lewis likes you. Well, thanks. But he doesn't like everyone, you know. I was all alone out there. Where the hell were you? 
she is alive. Our game continues. What are you doing to me? We are not doing anything to you, dear. All my ID is missing from my wallet. Perhaps you forgot them in New York. I saw my driver's license in the fireplace. You think we burn your driver's I don't think anything. I saw it. <gasps> what else haven't you told me? <gasps> Miss McGovern. <gasps> Miss McGovern. <gasps> Dr. Lewis is looking for you. She's a patient of mine. He's lying. Don't believe him. He's crazy. They're trying to kill me. You've got to get me out of here. You can't believe him. So we arrive, and guess what? It's snowing outside. I yeah. mean, the film is called Dead of Winter, and it actually has winter in it. So we're in a good, we're in yep, a good, we're, we're doing good so far. <laughs> exactly, it is dead of winter. Yes. So there's a big sand, uh, sand. There's a big sign that says. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big fucking. I don't know what this came from. This is just a big fucking sign. I just noticed little things like this that says the hand that feeds. I was like, is that like a Canadian thing I didn't know about or something? I don't know. So I know it takes place in New York City, so I don't know. It does? I thought it takes place mm-hmm. Okay, well, they fooled me. No, it's filmed in Canada, but remember they go, they're in she's a she's an actress in New York City. Oh yeah, that's and right. And she gets offered this job and they go up to uh, upstate New York. Gotcha. And so we so we see this snow girl, which we find out that her name is gonna be Julie. Mm-hmm. All right, she is okay. So right when I'm watching this, and I saw her, I was like, "Am I watching Dick Tracy? What the fuck is this?" All right, <laughs> she's in the fucking hat and just going to this train school station. Okay, what was it's this? Like a train station. Okay, it's then like why did it? Okay, station. so it's a train station, right? And there's lockers yeah. here that you can hide things in your train station locker. Yeah. All right, but it said there's like a sign on there that said "Holiday School, Last Train, New Year's Eve." 2.40 a.m. So it's like a train station we're at. It's a train station. And there's like yeah. some... So in trains... In Go stations ahead. like that, like, especially like in train stations, you can... Uh, uh, you can rent lockers. That's what the, that's what they were, those were. They were like rented lockers and she was hiding... Um, or somebody was hiding a satchel full of money yes. in the train station locker. So she goes to the locker. So this movie is a little drown out. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a lot of scenes where yeah, we're just seeing people yeah. do things. Okay? So this girl had she had to go to one locker. She had to get a key out of one locker, then go to the other locker, then pull the money out of that locker, and then dro- walk all the way to the car. I'm like, do we really need all this? <laughs> the only important parts of this movie are the last, like, 15 or 20 minutes, really. But um, but we have to get there somehow, right? Yeah. Well, this part's a little important. They bring this part up. So that she's in the car. She, of course, she, she has a bag full of money, and she can't zip mm-hmm. up the bag. She has to show it. The, no, she sure. has to show the money. Yeah, so she has to hang out of the bag. Yeah. 
So she's driving off, and she goes to, like, a police stop, which is, you know, it's New Year's Eve, apparently, so they have all those police stops. And then they, now, now we get some dialogue. The guy's like, all right, let me see your uh, your driver's license. She's like, okay, officer. He's like, you know, they got a taillight over there. You know, the front taillight. She's like, yeah, I know, but I had to, like, you know, I'm going to fix it after the holidays. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and I was, like, looking at the time. I was like, this shit's, like, an hour and 40 minutes. Do we really need all this? All right. <laughs> so so then she, she's, like, hiding her face. Like, you can't see her face at all and shit. And the officer's like, all right, you're good. Stay sober. <laughs> so she just – and then she just goes and runs the red light. I'm like, oh, okay, fuck it. Right We're just, the cop. Yeah, right in front of the Well, it might have been, like, like, a little bit down the road, but she just runs a little red light. She's just, like – she doesn't even like stop for the car. She just like goes like she's like curves past one, and then we notice that there's somebody like following her and stuff uh, in, in a car. So now she's in the car. Now she's smoking. All right, and now yeah. she's turning on the radio. All right, and then she gets scared by random New Year's Eve partying people. All right, so we're still going. Now, now she has to go to a payphone. All right, and now she's like, listen. If the guy's not here in five minutes, I'm out of here. That's what she's saying. And then the other guy's like, don't worry about it. He'll be here. He's almost there. So she goes back into her car. And then she starts getting choked out by this fucking dude in the car. And I don't know if this film, how much this thing cost. But this scene had to be less than about 10 bucks. Because this guy barely did anything. He just <laughs> choked this girl out. We see her leg a little bit. And then she, we see him grab her finger and cut it off. I guess her ring finger. Yeah. And then her foot yeah. hits the the horn, and then that's it. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So was this was this guy in the car the entire time, or did he get in the car after she got out to? Uh, I think yeah. Make I, the call in the paper. I think he got out after like she went to make that call. Okay. So. So now we're having now we're seeing scenery. Scenery shots. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's supposed to be New York snowing, like you're saying? Yep, New York City. Mm-hmm. So snowing everywhere, New York and everything. Cool shots. I like it. I like the shot. Really good. We're in an apartment now, and we're seeing the two couples. They're waking up. One of them is going to be our main girl of the story, Katie mm-hmm. McGovern. Yep. Boy, that fucking old guy. We're getting him soon. This guy. <laughs> but uh, we're seeing Katie and we're seeing Rob. All right, they're waking up. All right, so like, so they're waking up and stuff. And Katie's like, okay, I got to get up. I have an audition. And our boy Rob, he wants some sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he can't, but Katie doesn't want to have sex because her brother is sleeping in the other bunker, like in the same room. All right. In the same room, yeah. But Rob, he don't care. He's like, I fuck him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got that morning wood. Let's just get it going. Yep. And she's like, we ain't doing yep. that. He'll be, he'll be gone soon. And Rob's like, oh fuck, come on now. And then they start bitching about headshots and shit. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't print out her headshot. Yeah, her new headshot. So apparently, our boy Rob, they, they didn't really give a lot of backstory to this guy, but apparently he's like a photographer. And, He's a photographer, yeah. And then I'm not really sure about this guy, but this guy has heat with me just because, like, I don't know what it was about this guy. He had the fucking cast on. He's just taking pictures. Like, he seemed like a deadbeat, didn't he? But apparently he was supposed to be, yeah. like, a likable character. Yeah, well, 
yeah, I mean, he becomes a likable character. Yeah. But at this point, he's kind of portrayed as like, uh, kind of like this lazy guy who never does anything. Yes. You know, he, he's supposed to, he, you know, he's a photographer. He took her new headshots. So he's supposed to, uh, you know, print out the headshots, but he doesn't. And yeah, because then, uh, he was watching football all week. Minutes. He was watching football all week with Roland. That's why he couldn't right, do with that. Roland, who's her yeah. brother. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's kind of implied that he just never gets, he's a, that guy that never gets around anything. He yeah. just kind of puts it off and it just doesn't happen. And I'm like, but I find it weird though, having been to New York City a lot, that she has an audition in 45 minutes. Yeah. But she hasn't left yet. Yeah, no. Like, she must be close. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like, there's no way that she's gonna get anywhere in 45 minutes. Yeah, in New York City. I mean, realistically, that's just not gonna happen. But, uh, but yeah, so she's uh, she's gonna go to an audition. Uh, we find out that the car is gonna pick her up, though. So she's not taking the train. Yeah, she's a she's a SAG actress. All right, she's a SAG actress. Yes. So, um, so Roland also wakes up during all this. And mm-hmm. Roland's like basically the brother and stuff, and they really have time to talk. So she just yep. so basically, Katie, she just grabs an old pic of herself and she leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also don't think the brother's in the movie again after this scene, does he? No, he is, but he oh, yeah, like okay. he he doesn't do like jack shit. Like I'm surprised he even got paid for his fucking role in this movie. <laughs> like he literally didn't do anything. So so now we're at the audition, all right? And Katie's talking to another like. Auditionee? Is that what we call him? Sure. Auditionee. Auditionee? Yeah, sure. And she's just saying, like, hey, I heard from my friend went in there. She said, like, the guy, he's nice, and they pay good here. I was like, okay. I like this gig. Let's go. So now she's going, and now she's number 56, and her number gets called. And she goes in there. She's introducing herself, and the guy's not even, like, looking. Like, or, like the, uh, the, the, the director, caster guy, which we find out his name is going to be Murray. Murray. All right. And he's like kind of blowing her off and then he looks up and he's like, wait a minute. Like he like has like this like shocked look in his face. All right. And he's like, he's like, oh, hey, uh, what's your name? He's like, I'm 56. And I like, okay, stand right there. Turn, turn, turn to your left. He's like, okay. He's like, can you make your hair puffy? <laughs> She's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, okay. So basically he, he, you know, this is like known for audition. Sometimes you go into an audition and then like a director or something, you know, you find the perfect person like right there, like, you know, boom, right there on the spot. We want this one. The look is yep. great. Let's, let's take her. That's basically what's going on over here. He yeah, looked that, at her yeah. and everything looks good. So now they meet up for dinner or lunch or brunch. I couldn't tell. All right. But they're out there. They're right. eating stuff. And he is explaining. Murray is explaining to us. Mm-hmm about this film that they're doing and that the lead actress girl, this girl named Julia, she had like a breakdown or something where she kind of like mm-hmm. left the set. And so they need a replacement. They, they're going to film some other shots. You know, they're doing this. I think they said they're doing the shots in Canada. But they said they're going to be doing these shots, you know, in the meantime. But we need to fill in all her parts. And I think you'd be a big, a good fit. But you still got an audition. We got to bring you over to the, uh, to, to, uh, Lewis's house, the the yeah. producer, and we, we got to have you do a videotape. And guess what? We're gonna pay you three thousand dollars. All right. And if he like, if he likes you, we're gonna pay you a whopping nine thousand dollars, brother. 
Right. Yep. So she's going to get paid three thousand dollars just to go on the second audition. Yeah. So good money, right? Yeah. And then she's all. Then he's all talk about you know this is all union. You can check all the paperwork. Everything looks good. And she's like, oh, can I give this to your agent? She says, I'm between agent because obviously she's a struggling actress. So she doesn't really have an agent. So, but he's like, okay, well, is this good? Anything stopping you? She's like, nope, nothing stopped me. Let's do it. I'm like, great. Yep. So now she's back in her house. And I swear I saw a Science of the Lamb poster, but there's no way because then that movie come out in the 90s. It came out in, I believe, 1990. Yeah, so that's definitely not. I don't know what you saw, but it's not a Silence of the Lambs. Brother. So I don't know if it was just Unless like it's for the book. Could have been for the book, brother. Mm, Do they make posters for books? I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they make. Uh, maybe they uh, used to advertise books in bookstores with posters. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I didn't notice that. So you have a good. Eye. You have a better eye than I do. I like to know the little details. I swear I saw that, but maybe maybe it's silence of something else. But I swear I said silence of the lands. But I could be. I tried to pinpoint it, but you know, a little little hard on the uh, TV machine on there. Yeah, yeah. So now, so there's the big. So this guy, Rob, he, uh, this guy, he's just taking a bunch of fucking pictures, and I'm just like, listen, bro, okay, stop taking my picture. I need to tell you something serious. She's like, I want to go to this audition. You know, this could be my big break. And Rob, he is like a like a down. Oh, I don't know if you should go there. You know, why are you just staying over here so I can take a bunch of pictures of you? You know, so it's like this guy already got some little heat with me. And uh, so basically, she's saying like, you know, I'm going to this audition and stuff, and you could support me. But you know, they're having like a little bit of a, you know, back and forth. He doesn't want her to go, and she wants to go. And she eventually, you know, grabs all of her stuff, and she she uh, gives him the number to reach her at. And she grabs her stuff and she leaves. And Roland's like, hey, I'm going to be leaving for class on Wednesday. She just ran, she just like goes out the door. And mm-hmm. our boy Roland, he's in a cast. We never figure out why he's in a cast. He's just in a fucking cast. And he starts taking pictures yeah. on the balcony of her leaving with Murray in the car. And then he falls down like a mark. Mm. Which was super handy considering what happens next and later on. Exactly. Time. Exactly. So maybe he's a little bit smarter than we thought. Uh-huh. So they're driving through snow, of course, because it's dead of winter. Get to have snow. Mm-hmm. That, yes. And then now Murray is telling uh, Katie all about the producer, Dr. Joseph Lewis. All right, he is the producer of this film. He used to be a uh, he used to be a doctor, but he stopped doing medicine, and now he's going into filmmaking. And this is one of his big yes. production videos he's doing. So now, this, so I'm not really sure why this was here in this movie, but I kind of, I, I kind of get it. But it's just very awkward. So they go to get some gas, okay, and they're almost to the uh, town. It's snowing everywhere, all right. Guys, like, all right, they're at the gas. Knocks on the door, scares them for some reason. It'd be twelve fifty mm-hmm. for the gas. I was like, fucking twelve fifty, brother. That shit. That shit, but nowadays, we can get you like a like a gallon, <laughs> nothing. But it was 12, <laughs> 12.50 to fill this shit up. Gives them a 20, all right? They're all talking for a little bit, you know, Mary and Katie. Next thing we know, oh, yeah, but every uh, $10 purse, it's here's your goldfish. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. It's, it's like, what a random-ass thing. <laughs> so you're telling it's me like, at this gas you, station, if you fill up at the temple, they just give you free goldfish? Like, what the fuck am I supposed to put this goldfish at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, she puts it in a wine glass, but yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you supposed to? What do you? What the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Like that's so fucking random. Like, like when I saw that, I was like, Is that like the perks uh, of going? Imagine they had that nowadays. Yeah, here's like, your free. Where, where do they keep these goldfish? Like, do they just have like a big tank of goldfish that they give to people when they get gas? I guess maybe like the owner of the gas store had like a like a PetSmart or something. They went out of business. He's like, I gotta get rid of this shit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because I'm just like I'm just thinking like I was thinking the same thing you were like, what am I supposed to do with this yeah. while I go like, on my along my day? Now I yeah. have like a plastic bag with water in it with a fucking goldfish. What if you're like driving on your own? Like what am I supposed to hold that when I'm driving? Like bro, you gave me to you gave me a bag. Did you even put a clip on the fucking bag? Yeah. yeah. Can you can you just put it in like, like a cup? Like can you just exactly. like give me a soda cup and I can just pour it in there? Exactly. Come on now. Uh so anyway they arrive at the house. I mean let's be honest, the goldfish was like a pretty interesting part of the movie. So they arrive at the yeah, house. I mean, it's a big plot point. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they arrive. They they're at, they're at this ha- mansion, of course. They're a big ass mansion. Uh, uh, um, Murray brings Katie into the front, kind of shows her around. Then we get this guy in a wheelchair. All right, and this guy. Now we meet Doctor Joseph Lewis, old dude in a wheelchair. Ooh. Okay, he makes some joke about him being automated and the house being automated too. And then this mm-hmm. guy, you know, you never heard more of an elegant voice than this guy. Oh, yes. Uh, let me see if I can do it. <clears throat> I'm not really good at the elegant voice, as you guys can see with my, with my raspy voice. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be like our boy Lewis over here, all right? So they're at, they're near like a piano, okay? This guy's like, oh, yes. Uh, yes, that, uh, that the piano over there. Yes, the, uh, the, the owner of this uh, uh, the piano. Uh, it's unfortunate what happened to him. He was going to get this piano dropped off to him, but unfortunately he was shot and killed before he got the piano, and now it became in my possession. Yeah, well, he's talking about President McKinley. Oh, okay. Is that, is that a true story? President McKinley is a... I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, President McKinley was assassinated, but yeah. I don't know if this thing... Well, he also... Remember, he tells a story later about the chess set. Yeah, the so, chess No, the story, is, the story is not true, I'm sure. So, but, Pam- um. So apparently our boy Lewis is not only a doctor, not only a producer, but he's also, in his younger days, was a, a hunter. Okay? He hunted things because our boy Katie gets scared by a big white polar bear. And then they have mouse yes. traps around the house. Well, yeah, they have mice, though. Remember, because remember he says they come in during the wintertime. Yeah. I guess to get warm, he says. Which, yes. Yeah, probably does because it's fucking cold where they are. And then there's like this wall of like headshots, and like, mm. like I thought that was gonna go somewhere, but it didn't. It was just a bunch of. It doesn't. Like it's just a wall of like. Is this people like he? Is this like his wives? Is that his children? His patients? I have no idea what they were. They were just there. So um, so now. They are uh, they are now at the, the the dinner table. So he's showing her all around the house. You know what I mean? Like he's showing her, like you know, hey, your room's gonna be upstairs. My bedroom's over here. So now they go into the kitchen area. Um, they start, you know, talking a little bit about the the script, and they they uh, uh, Lewis shows her the uh, picture of Julie, and he was just saying like, yeah. So 
you know, what actually happened with her is she actually had a nervous breakdown. You know, I just got word from the producer. This is saying, I just got word from the producer, but she, she just had a nervous breakdown. So she's going to be offset over here. And uh, what, what we'll do is here's your little script right here. And then tomorrow morning, we'll do the videotape. But we're also going to have um, Murray over here. He's going to get your hair done. He's going to get your outfit done. So we're going to make this look very, like, official. So I can send it out to the producer, and we can get you rolling. And she's like, sweet. You know, she's liking everything. So now she's upstairs, and Murray comes in there and gives her some warm milk. All right? And to help out her voice. And they're talking back about, hey, Mary's saying, hey, I think the doctor likes you. He doesn't really like a lot of people, but I think he likes you. And then, of course, she says, well, I think he likes you too. And he's like, oh, really? Do you you really think so? I'm just like, oh, boy, here we go. So here we go. Here we go. So then, like, she's, like, upstairs. And then now we have a scene of Mary chopping onions. So we have like 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 Doc's telling him, "Hey, that knife's not sharp enough." So he sharpens the fucking knife, and then he cuts it, and he's like, "See, no tears." I'm just like, "Listen, man, it's not because of the fucking. <laughs> is this some sort of like? I don't give a fuck how sharp your fucking knife is. You chop you chop enough of fucking onions. That shit, you're still gonna make you cry, all right? Yeah. So a big thing too is Katie. She wanted to call Rob. To let her know that she got to the house safely. Okay? But she can't because, you know, there's no telephone. It's not working. So their excuse was, oh, it's just a storm. It probably cut out the line. So they're like, okay, we're going to take you to town the next morning. And, of course, they they go into the car the next morning. And, of course, the car is not working. So we're starting to see some red flags over here. So after the car wasn't working, now we're getting her all ready. We're getting her all ready to look like this Julie for this movie that they're making. So they, they dye the hair red. They cut it short. Um, she dresses her all up and everything. Uh, and then, of course, then this is when Katie was asking Murray how, how Murray and, and Dr. met. And Murray was saying, well, you know, I used to be one of his patients, you know. And he was a, a psychologist. And he actually helped me out a lot. You know, and that's how we kind of met, met each other. We just kind of helped each other out. So after we do this, now we're doing the video scene. Okay. And Julie, she doesn't need to look at her lines. She memorized them already. Yeah. And like, you she can kind of. Like five, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of see like, you can, they do like little hints of these guys don't really know what they're doing. You know, like the. Dr. Lewis is not the best cameraman, and then Murray's trying to set up the scene, but he keeps like kind of messing up stuff a little bit. So Kay screws up her line first, and then she gets it on the second take, and then they both watch it, and they all like they all like her performance after they're done watching the tape. You know, and she's also like saying a little bit too. Um, you know, she's just like, how you know, how should I act in certain lines and stuff? And then they kind of walk her through a couple little things. So after all the videotapes done, we see Murray. I mean, this is when you could tell, like, they could have cut out, like, a little bit of this. We see Murray. A little bit. Grab the VHS tape. Walk outside. Get inside the car. Turn on the car. The car's working now. Drive out. Drive through the city. 
drive to another mansion that has Christmas lights. Park. Mm-hmm. Get out of the car. Put videotape in door. Watch some girl up there smoking. Get back in the car. Leave. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This was wasted about 10 minutes there that we didn't need. Yeah, okay. More, more padding. More padding. Yeah, this movie could have been a, a cool 70 minutes long, yes. long, I think. But, you know, we're building up the uh, suspense, I guess. So now we have this lady that we're going to find out her name is going to be Evelyn. She is. She likes to smoke a lot. That's her gimmick. And she smokes in the house, too, bro. Like, Mm. she has a big-ass house. Well, it's the the 80s. That's true. They didn't give a fuck back then. Everybody everybody smoked it. Everybody smoked then. So she grabs the VHX tape, pops it in her VCR, and then we Mm -hmm. see Katie's performance. And Katie's, like, performance is basically saying, like, you know, you thought you got me. I was so scared and stuff. You know, this guy was in my car. He jumped me. He tried to kill me and stuff. He tried to cut off my finger and all this stuff. And but I got away, you know. So ba- we, we're, she's basically reenacting the first scene that we saw in the movie, and kind of like twisting it a little bit, like a little different. And then when her part's done, this is when we see Murray on there. No, not Murray. This is when we see Lewis on there, the Doctor Lewis, and he's all like, "See, this is proof that she's still alive, and the game continues." So now we figured out. Oh. Now, audience figures out, oh, it's a ruse. There's no film. This is some sort of, like, back-and-forth plot between these two, Evelyn and fucking Lewis. So now, after all this um, happens, it's, like, the next morning. And Katie, she is looking for Lewis. And Lewis is, like, outside with Murray. And I don't know what the hell they're doing, but I think they might have been mowing in the snow. Is that what they were doing? I have no idea what they were doing. I think they were blow. They were snowing, snow blowing, like moving the, blowing the snow out of the driveways. Gotcha. So Katie, she's like walking around the house, and she grabs like this book, and all these pictures fall out, and it's Julie, the actress she was supposed to be portraying, and it looked like a bunch of dead photos of her, and she's starting to get like really worried, and there's somebody watching her through the window, and she sees the person really quick. And she runs. So now she runs and she shows the, these photos to Lewis saying, what the hell's going on with these photos and stuff? Like, you know, this, this is what's going on here. You know, and, and Lewis makes up this story like, yeah, you know, I told her that she was stressed out and everything. But unfortunately, the stress got her to her so much that she actually killed herself. All right. And then Evelyn, I mean, uh, uh, Katie, she's like, well, what else have you not told me? He's like, listen, the pressure was just too much for Julie. I actually couldn't handle it. But I'm telling you everything. Everything else I'm telling you is, is fine. You got nothing else to hide over here. And he talks about suicide being like a horrible thing. Um, so Rob, during all this, he is... I don't really know what he does for work, but he's basically just sitting by the phone all day waiting for Kate to call him. All right? I think that's the point. He doesn't really do anything for work. Yes. Well, he takes photos, I guess. Well, yeah, but I mean... I mean was his the fucking guy that thinks he was Peter Parker? Uh-huh. I mean, well, I mean, photographers can make a lot of money, but does, I mean, does that, you know, does, does he get paid to do Maybe that? He's one of them tabloid like... guys, 1980 Maybe. tabloid dude. So the big thing with him, he is trying to call this number, area code mm-hmm. 3113, and he keeps getting nothing, like, you know, no signal. And, you know, Roland and stuff, they're like, oh, well, maybe the phone's down over there or something. But So he calls, you know, the, what do you call those people, the operator? Yeah. 
He's like, hey, give me the number to... Th- I can't get a hold of 311. And the girl's like, ah. There ain't no fucking uh, area code 311. It's not even a real number. Yeah, it's not even a real area code or number. And then he starts getting worried. So now... <laughs> this is a weird scene. <laughs> so Lewis is like <laughs> working out. And like yeah. his chair, but like weights. All right? And like the, he's playing chess with Murray. All right? Mm-hmm. But he, and then Kate's like, okay, well, you're playing chess, but you're not, like, moving your pieces. And fucking Lewis's, like, explanation was, like, well, you know, I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because obviously chess works really well when you don't move the pieces. Yeah. So, you know, this was probably to, like, show, like, a dominance thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I Lewis swear. is, like, dominant over Murray and stuff. It's just, like, the his explanation was, like, well, you know, I'm lazy. <laughs> okay, well, oh, perfect. He's just lazy. All right, that's no, no, fine. So now the piano randomly starts playing. And she's, like, oh, the fucking piano's playing. And then we have this. I didn't know this was a thing. But apparently it might be. So our boy Lewis, besides his uh, hunting and doctors and whatever else, he, he now he has something in his heart. That I guess when he gets excited or something, or something happens, like the piano starts playing. You ever, you ever, you, ever, you have like anything like that in your heart, Allison? No, I've never heard of anything like that. I'm not sure that's a real thing, but you know. Well, there's something to I'm do with doc- his heart doctor. and his heartbeat mm-hmm. that it's linked through Bluetooth that we didn't, we haven't invented yet, in the piano. Yeah. Uh, so, so they say that in the movie that when he gets excited, the heart, the piano plays. Well, like something to do with like his pacemaker and his heart or something. It's like connected with the piano. Okay. So, all and right, then, fine, whatever. And then okay, during sure. all this, why <laughs> Lewis is trying to explain himself and his alien technology, Katie sees her driver's license in the fire and she tries to get it. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What the fuck, my ID doing in the fucking uh, fire?" So why is she still here at this point? Like she's not being held captive yet, but they're burning her ID. Yeah, and she doesn't just like say, "Okay, I need to get the fuck out of here." Well, this is when she kind of realizes it. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of like well, that. That, that was kind of weird. That's where she realizes. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, like Lewis is like, "Is it warm enough in here for you?" She's like, "Yeah." It's like you're shivering. So she goes upstairs. So Kay's now literally, she like looks she looks through her wallet and everything, her purse, and she finds that all her ID and credit cards and wallets are all gone. And then she goes downstairs to that phone where she originally was trying to call from, and she pulls up the cord and she knows that it's cut. And during all this stuff, um, Lewis um, has Murray go check on her. And then Murray goes checks on her, saying, like, you know, doctor was worried about her and stuff, and she looks pale. And she's like, maybe she should go Gee, take a nap before. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she should take a nap before dinner. So now we have the the first attempt of Katie trying to escape the house. And while they do this, Mary and Lewis were happy that they caught a mouse. <laughs> yeah, poor little mouse. Poor they little just mouse killed it in a little trap. Mm-hmm. So. So now, um, so Katie, she's like, you know, pretty much sneaks behind them, you know, sneaks past them and stuff out the door. And she, she's not wearing any kind of coat or anything, you know, very just normal clothes. 
And it's like super, you know, it's like freezing. You know, I was storming out there. We had the dead of winter, brother. It's like fucking going down. Yeah, it's right. coming. The yeah. like, like the uh, what I forgot to mention, but the radio in the beginning of the the show said the white stuff is coming down, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. no so she's running through the snow, up and down. I mean, she and she like it looked like so to me when she got out of the house, it looked like she should have went like, like right <laughs> instead of like where she actually mm-hmm. went to. Because she's like going up the forest part, and she's like going up a, ma- a snowy mountain. I was like, "Well, that ain't gonna turn out well." So she's climbing on this mountain. She's like, you know, it's freaking winter as hell out there. And she eventually falls, and she eventually falls on Murray's boot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that would explain why she doesn't escape, right? Yeah. And then uh, Murray's like, "Doctor Lewis is looking for you." So now they're back inside. All right, and then now she's you know inside. She's like warming up and stuff, and then she's like, "What are you doing to me?" He says, "Like, what you know? What are you talking about?" It's like I saw it. You burnt all my bank cards and my my driver's license. I saw them in the flyer. He's like, "Oh, we didn't do that. Maybe you left them at your house." You know, going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I saw this the 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 phone lines cut." All right, and then now she's no. like, and then now she was drinking her tea, and now she's like getting like a little drunk. Okay. Or like a little, she basically got drugged. And this part was a little weird. So Mary's like, would you like some chocolate? And, she's, and she doesn't say anything. Yeah, well, he asked her if she likes more hot, well, what's more hot chocolate? Yeah, Cause, hot chocolate. And this, is, this scene was kind of cool because they showed that, they used that, uh, it's not a fisheye lens, but it's that lens to make everything look weird. Like yeah. like it's kind of rounded on the sides and makes everything look like, far away but up close at the same time and then she realizes that they drugged her hot chocolate yeah and then like lewis is like you don't you don't you don't want mary's chocolate (laughs) this is the way he said that it was so funny he's like oh you don't want so weird you don't want uh uh, mary's uh, hot chocolate there so uh you know she's obviously she gotten drugged from her tea Mm -hmm. and she is just like you know why are you guys doing this to me i don't have any money you know, and so now Lewis goes off. He's all like, you know, I know you're scared of us and stuff. And, you know, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take you back to your, 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 uh, you know, your house in the morning. You know what I mean? So just go rest up and stuff. And, you know, if you're yeah. so scared of us, sure. why don't you bolt the door? <laughs> oh, the oh, then he makes a joke. It's like, and if you try to go out there, maybe bring a jacket. Ha 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 ha. Uh, ha ha ha. Well, because it's the dead of winter. Yes. And he's like, you know, and he's also, you know, he's he's basically saying like he's trying to play it off like they haven't done anything wrong, All right? So Kay, she goes into her room, bolts the door, barricades the door too, and she's all fucked up and stuff. So she lands on the bed and she breaks a little lamp. Then we we then we actually get a cool scene, like actually a pretty cool shot scene in this movie where it's it's dark, it's nighttime. And the mirror that was in her her room, Katie's room, is a mm. two way mirror, brother. Yeah, this looked really cool. Uh, I really like this. And we see like a, a smoky, shadowy figure, which is obviously Murray. Mm. At first, I thought it might have been Doctor Lewis, but then the person got up, and obviously it's Murray. He opens the door, smoking. A lot of smoke in this movie. Not yes. Puts a little ashtrays, has a little scissors. He's about to do some. Uh, do some work and then before this uh, this was a dr lewis did say hey murray you got this you know i know you can do it 
I believe in you. So now it's the next morning. All right, snow is finally melting. So it's not super dead of winter right now. We're just having a little snow. Katie wakes up and there's like blood on the bed. All right, and then Mm -hmm. she wakes up and she realizes her fucking finger has been cut off. Yeah, so at this point, this is the first time I was like, okay, hold the fucking phone. Yeah. Like, so so they cut off, like, okay, she was drugged. I got it. But they cut off her fucking finger. Yeah. Now, we don't know in the plot why this is happening yet, and it does make sense later, but I'm I'm just like, why did they cut off her fucking finger? Yeah. So she freaks out, all right? And then, like, while she's freaking out, like, Murray and and, uh, the doc, they're, like, putting up paintings. And Doc's like, ah, don't worry about her. She'll get her. You know, it's like, eh, we'll get her later. Get Keep She'll doing what her. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, she sees, like, ash on the floor. So, she knows, like, somebody's, like, been in here. And then she looks around the, the little mirror, and she realizes that they can open. So, she goes mm-hmm. into the two-way room, which leads up to the attic. So, there's one door is locked, but then she goes upstairs to the attic. And then she actually sees a phone in the attic. So she goes to the phone and she calls it. And she actually gets a hold of Rob. After like a couple rings, Rob like hobbles all the way to the fucking phone. He grabs yeah, the phone. He's got a broken leg. Yeah, yeah, because he's got that broken. So Katie's like calm. And she's like freaking out from the attic. She's like, they, they fucking, they're going to kill me. They cut off my finger and stuff. And Rob's like, well, what the fuck? He's like, well, you know, you know, where are you at? Like, you know, the number that you gave me doesn't work and stuff. Well, you know, where are you at? She's like, I don't know. I'm in Pine something. Pine something. He's like, what was the exit? What was the exit? He's like, I don't know. It was covered by the bridge. And then she's like, yeah, can like you tell me anything? Know what the exit is. Yeah. So Rob's like, you know, he doesn't know the address or nothing. He's like, can you give me anything? Like, give me anything kind of like Pine something, exit, what exit was it? What number was it? And she's like, well, all I know is there was like this gas station that gave me a goldfish <laughs> by the next town. <laughs> <laughs> And she's saying all this like really frank, you know, very frank thing. And then, um, you know, during this t- during this as well, Murray's like kind of like, you know, what's going on here? Like, we got to find this girl. You know, like he's like searching room. He's like asking for, her, and he realized she wasn't in the room, so he's trying to go find her. And Rob is now telling Kay like, "Hey, you need to hang up and call the police." But she does not want to hang up at all. She's like frightened. You know, she's like, "They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me." And then she eventually like Rob's like, "Listen, hang up the phone and call the police right now." Boom. And of course, Rob gets Roland. All right, he's like, you know, tells him what happens. Right. So now Katie, she has time to call the police. And this is when Murray kind of hears like that she's up in the attic. So he comes and runs up to the attic. And this is like, you know, she's like talking to the police saying like, these guys are going to kill me, you know, trace this number and stuff. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're crazy maniacs. They drug me. They cut off my finger. And then while she's talking to him, she's like, I guess, like moves this little sheet and she sees... The dead Julie body right there. This is the worst Bruh. fake body I think I've ever seen. <laughs> a little mouse crawling over it. <laughs> I thought it looked okay. Did we, um, <laughs> did we mention, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier in the movie. Did we mention that she looks just like Julie? Um. Uh, yes, yes, because when we saw, yeah, well, they, they made her to look like that because with the, with right. the headshots well, and everything, they, yeah. they made her to dress up to be just like Julie. Yes. Right. Well, that's why they picked her, though, because yes. she looks just like Julie. Yeah. Um, the and facials. And Julie's yeah. also played by Mary Steenburgen, so they look literally exactly. Yeah. Well, all the uh, all the women characters were played by uh, Mary, so she did Julie's, Katie, and Evelyn. So she did all three. Yeah. Of them don't better. don't 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 spoil the swerve that we're gonna get. That's not a swerve. 
we don't we don't know the people don't know if as they've seen this that Evelyn is also looks just like Julie. Well, but right now she just so happens to All look right. like Julie. It's so ridiculous. But yeah, okay. So anyway, there's so a body. Yes, Murray yeah. shows up. All right, takes her away. He takes the phone. He just rips it off the fucking cord. All right. Yep. So now we have a random scene. Roland, I don't know if you're like supposed to do this, <laughs> but Roland just like takes Rob's cast off. I'm like, did we really need that? Like, why did he even have a cast to begin with? All right. Yeah, if we're well, just going to like, <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> okay. I, we're just going to take I it off anyway. That, yeah. I thought that it was going to turn into like a plot point yeah. that he couldn't protect her because of his broken leg but yeah. he, they just take the cast off and then he kind of hobbles around but like he like walks off. fine afterwards like was it done or well, something is does, roland yeah. like a medical yeah. doctor we don't know about like what's going Maybe. on here could be could be so he takes the cast off all right now we're back with lewis the doc he tells tells katie about the uh so <laughs> so now <laughs> now we get the villain telling all of his backstory gimmick here yes all right. <clears throat> if i may so they're all down the living area, and now Doc is going to you know, reveal what is going on here. Mm -hmm. All right, and he's all like, "Yes." So I think I got this right. Okay, so so Julie was so Julie and, and Evelyn, their sister, twin sisters. Okay, they're twin sisters. Yeah, and I believe was it Julie the one that married and got the money. Or is it Evelyn? Uh, I was a little confused about this part personally. Okay, so what I think I'm what happens is sure what yeah, because this just, this yeah. guy he just fucking rushed to this story. All right, he was he basically one of the sisters. I believe it was Julie. She got married. She got married for the money. Okay, mm -hmm. and apparently, like there was like this thing where the husband died, so she was gonna inherit a bunch of money, but Evelyn wanted the money. Okay. So, or so what no actually no no what it was was evelyn she married for the money she got this money okay and she wasn't going to share any of the money with julie okay and julie i guess okay. had some like mental problems that's why she was seeing the doctor lewis yes yeah and yeah. she was telling him about this story like she was like i don't you know i'm having breakdowns because my sister's not helping me out I'm having a tough time over here. I can't pay a lot of my bills and stuff. And she's just taking all this money and, and not, 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 you know, giving a fuck about me. And Dr. Lewis is like, well, you know, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to teach you the best trick that can help you out. It's called blackmail. That's what I'm going to do. Blackmail. Yes. So Julie, <laughs> Julie was like, she was in some kind of, she was in a feud with her sister over the money. Yeah. Um, and then, then they decided to blackmail Evelyn. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that that my understanding? Yes. Okay. Now Evelyn wants to kill Julie. All right. Yes. Because of blackmailing her, and that's why right. when we saw the beginning of the movie, Julie was the one taking the money, and she was going to give that money to Murray. But before she could do that, that's when the hired killer came in there to kill Julie and to cut off her, finger, off her finger to show yeah. that she actually died. So I, what right. these so. what Doc and Lewis did was they wanted to keep this game going of back and forth blackmail. They hired Katie to look like, who looks like Julie. Which was a hell of a coincidence yes. that they found someone who looks exactly like yes. this woman. And well, her know. sister. You and know. they kept the body. Yeah, they kept the Instead body. Instead of disposing of the body, they kept the body in her house. And like, yes. this seems like it's been a while. 
but this body doesn't yeah. decay. Maybe because it's so cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, so they're good. So, so you know, and, that, and they want to keep this blackmail thing going on because the the doctor he likes he likes playing games like this. He's like the game's not over. Apparently. I like playing yeah. these games. That's what I like doing. However, he's too lazy to move his chess pieces, but he wants to play this game. Yes, pretty much. So, all right. So, you know, after he, you know, tells all this story, okay? And, you know, we get what happened. Now we know what happened at the beginning of the film. Um, so, she's like, okay, well, you know, are you guys going to kill me after this is done? And then he's basically saying, like, we're probably not going to kill you, but Evelyn probably wants to kill you. All right. Yeah, Evelyn probably is going to kill you. Yes. So now this is so now she's like drugged up and stuff, right? And like she's like, you know, the after they told her all the story and they, you know they're obviously drugging her up. Like they like they actually grab like I think they actually like put a syringe in her. She's like, I don't want that and stuff, but they put it in her. And before this happens too, he's also talking about his chessboard. Hey, I'm gonna tell you how I got this chessboard. <laughs> so we kind of talked about it. he got it from like a president before the the president got shot, and well, there it is. Yeah, well, no, he's telling that to the cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, hold cop, on, hold on. the cops have to show up. My bad. We, we're not there yet. Yeah. So the doorbell rings, okay, and it's the cops yeah. because you know Judy called the cops. the cops or Katie called the cops. The worst, stuff. the worst cops in history. Worst cops. So they come in there. Uh, Katie, she's freaking out. So she hasn't. She's been like. A, she's been like a maybe like a tiny bit drugged, but she didn't get drugged all the way. So she's running up to the cops like, "Oh, they're trying to kill me! They're trying to kill me!" And of course, Doc's like, "Hey, Tom, yeah, this is just one of my patients. She's crazy. I got her papers. They're all right here. This is Julie." <laughs> and Tom's like, "I don't know. You know, the cop. The cops. Like, I don't know what's going on. They're going back and forth. You know." Katie's like, "I'm not Julie. They. They. You know. It's like he's like." She's just crazy, man. She just goes on like this and stuff. And, you know, this is yeah. what happens when she's out in the wild. You know, that's why I got her locked up over here. <laughs> all right. And then she finally goes like, listen, I'm not Julia at all. My name is Katie and stuff. I don't know why she just didn't be like, okay, you don't believe me? How about you call this guy Rob? He, you know, he'll he'll tell you the, who I am and stuff. But she didn't do that. So uh, she said, go look up in the attic. You know, then they had this whole thing, like, oh, you don't need to look up there and stuff. And then the cop's like, okay, let's just check it out. Now, this is a whole dragged out long scene. All right. So, hey, this is where I have, but this is one of the reasons, places that I have a problem. So, they're cops, right? Yeah. Police officers. Yes. Duly sworn, trained police officers. One of them kind of believes her. One of them starts to kind of believe her. The other one doesn't believe her at all. Yeah. He's just like, let's just go. Um, so as soon as the guy was saying, you know, you don't need to look up in the attic, like instead of saying, you know, maybe we do need to look up in the attic. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, he's probably right. We'll just believe this guy over this hysterical woman. Yeah. Um, who's, uh, who's obviously crazy. Right. Yeah. But then, then instead of the cop that kind of believes her going upstairs to look, they send the cop who doesn't believe her at all. And he just kind of looks around upstairs for a few minutes. And, and he, then he's just like, all right, fuck it. We're good. Yeah. And he likes the bear trap. And he likes the bear trap, which we see on the wall, which obviously, since we see that, has to come into play later on in the exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, then he tells a story about the chessboard. And he tells the same story about the chessboard as he did about the piano that yes. Wanda 
President McKinley, but he never even got to to play it because he was assassinated before on the day that it got delivered to the White House, and now I own it. Yep, and now then they come back and they're like, nobody in the attic. And Doc says, take her back to her room. She's like, what? And she and in case she can't believe it either, but she's all like pretty much defeated. She's like, they're gonna mm-hmm. kill me. They're gonna kill me. And then Doc Lewis is like, madness is a terrible thing. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> And then she's like, and then like, um, you know, Katie goes to her room and she goes, lays on the bed. And then she, boom, the dead body, Julie was right next to her. And she starts freaking out. <laughs> all right. Then, then the cops hear her too, scream bloody murder and stuff. And then he's all like, yeah. you know, Hey, you know, madness, like I said, is a, it's a terrible thing. And okay, I don't know okay. why I still take care of her. I should have gave up on her and stuff, but you know, well, I'll do my best I can. And they all yeah, just shake hands. Just like, Let's just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Let's go back to the police station, drink some coffee. Isn't it uh, Rob Rob and her brother frantically trying to figure out where the fuck she is? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> so Robin, Robin uh, Hall, was it, no, it was Roland. They're trying to figure Roland. out on the map where the hell she's at. You know, they're like driving Which through. Kinda, like, go ahead. Yeah, it kind of comes in handy a little bit because he's like, well, she said a covered bridge and she said that she'd been driving for a few hours. So all of these... You know, I checked all the ones that are between two and four hours, and this is the only one it could be, and it's right off this exit. And then he's yeah. like, then then Rob's like, well, what? What is she talking about? She keeps talking about goldfish. What the hell is this goldfish thing? Yeah. And then this is also too, you know, back at the house, mm-hmm. Katie's all drugged up and shit, and now Lewis and Mary are showing Evelyn that Katie is actually here and this is like a whole like the scenes all she's all like you know it's like chopped and screwed type of shit going on over here like you smoked a big joint or something right scene right here and uh, you know they take her up the stairs um you know very slow motion everything lewis is now talking to evelyn so you know so basically you know evelyn is now talking to lewis and lewis mm-hmm. is like saying like you know you know, she, you're going to get what you want and I'm going to get what I want. You know, but we also noticed that um, Evelyn had like one of those little, like, what's it called? Ice picks with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're talking a little bit back and forth about, um, you know, hey, she's alive and everything. I know you want her dead, but did you bring it? So she was supposed to, so Evelyn was supposed to bring the money to give it to, to Lewis, but she didn't. And Lewis starts getting onto her, like, what the fuck? You didn't bring this money over here. She's like, no, I'm going to keep playing this game a little bit. So I hit it and stuff. And then she eventually she, 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 it looks like, you know, he keeps offering her drinks like brandy and he was going to pour yeah. a drink from her after she, you know, she finally agreed to it and she was about to mm-hmm. stab his ass until Murray shows up and then she mm-hmm. doesn't. And then he, she gets the drink and then she gives him a key. And he's like, oh yes, I got this key now. You know, now you can have your, your <laughs> sister and everything and. He looks all happy and shit getting his key like he won the game. So he's all about these playing games and shit. So uh, so now we have Rob and, and, uh, and, and uh, Roland. Uh, they, um, they, you know, they can't, they can't find the right pine place. Um, so they eventually, um, they're at the gas station, you know, that gas station. And... Yes. They got the gas and stuff, and they're still like, you know, not, they don't know if they're at the right pine area, pretty much. And they get the gas, and like a guy's like, here you go. Uh, here's a bag of goldfish here's that you get for 10 minutes. And they're just like, oh shit, the goldfish there. Yeah. 
So then they go to the police because they know they're in the right town now because the, the goldfish place is supposed to be just one town over. Yes, yes. So now they're in the right town. Yeah. So now that they're at what the, a plot point. Yes, exactly. It's all about the goldfish, brother. <laughs> that is the key to everything. All right. I mean, can, do you think that when they wrote this, they were just like, okay, so then we're going to have this gas station attendant yeah. that gives them goldfish, yeah. and then that's going to come into play later on, and that's yeah, how yeah. they're going to know they're in the right place yes. because they have goldfish. Yes, and then they're going to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> so while they're at the police, they, they go into the police station now. Katie is trying to leave. She's waked up now after her drunk, drunken yeah. slumber. She's trying to go out through the window now. Yeah. While Lewis um, and and uh, Evelyn and all them they talk. So the doc's talking about, um, you know, the uh, the locker, you know, that you know which locker to go to. They that has the money in there. Then he hears a noise. All right, and then Evelyn's just like, oh, you know, she 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 basically holds something. So the game's not over yet. All right, and then eventually Mary's just like, go catch her, go catch her, because you know the key is. Mm-hmm. Um, Evelyn won't give Doc everything until she has Julie all in her possession, you know. But now that now that uh, Julie is is trying to escape, which they could Katie is not in her possession, so that the game continues. So Mary now goes and chases after um and Katie. So so Katie kind of got a little trap. So he gets in there, he sees the window open. So Murray and and Doc they like run outside. To go try to find yeah. her and stuff, and they see like her, like maybe like her like shirt or something like that, or or like the something she was wearing. And, but it was a trick because Katie was actually hiding in the uh, the little two way mirror the whole time. Yeah. And now she's like uh, going downstairs, and Evelyn's like, "Hello, Julie." She got caught. <laughs> I'm not seeing her. All right. And then during all this, uh, Roland, um. Well, so, you know, Katie comes downstairs. The Roland comes in later. So, Katie comes downstairs. All yeah. right. She's, like, talking to Julie and stuff. And, and, and Katie's trying to say, like, listen, I am not this Julie person. Okay? <laughs> my name is Katie. All right. They dye my hair and shit. Like, this is not working. And she's like, you know, Evelyn's like, you know, you can't really fool me. You know what I mean? Oh, I see that you're, you're acting over here. You know what I mean? And she's like, no, I'm really not this girl. Okay? Uh-huh. I just don't think I just I don't know because this whole this whole plot is preposterous. But yeah. I don't think that if you had a twin sister yeah. or a twin brother, and even if you found a third person that looked just like you, you would still know if it was your sister. Yeah, or not, because right? the voice, like, did she sound just fucking like Julie or something? Like, is her exactly voice? Like, this girl is from fucking New York, all right? I'm pretty sure she had like some sort of accent. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's like, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's like. Well, our uh, girl Evelyn, she she wasn't hearing it. She was like, "No, you're Julie. I'm gonna no, fuck if you it, sound like some girl it's from New York." Julie. Yeah, it's Julie. Yeah. And I, I like how like the Katie was like, "Listen, I'm not Julie. Fucking uh, uh, Julie. I'm just an actress. Fucking Julie. She's up there in the attic." I was like, "No, she's not. Yeah. She was in your fucking bed last time." Yeah, you know she's not in the attic. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? So. Well, I guess I guess they moved the body. I guess whatever. So obviously, Evan doesn't believe her, and she traps her. She traps Katie, and she tries to stab her. Mm-hmm. And then have like this like weird struggle. Like fucking Evelyn has like an ice pick, and she has like some sort of like lamp or something. And they're like, <laughs> like yeah. this is like the worst fight scene in like cinema history. 
like they're not even like doing and like they fall down like did this really cost how much did this cost again like we don't know the number they they probably didn't want to release this shit yeah we don't don't know how much it made like they don't even struggle they're just like holding each other and then they think this kind of looked awkward because they were trying they they had to use a stand a stand-in yeah for mary steenbergen to play the other part yeah so they were trying not to show the other the other stand-in's face probably which is why it looked so weird yeah. but yeah and then they fall down then we have this long dramatic finger hit the piano <laughs> so uh rob and holland they're at the police station all right and they're yes. talking about katie all right and they're basically not like believing them all right no they, they show him a yeah. picture they show <laughs> the cop yes a picture yes. Of, of murray right of katie yeah, yeah, they show a picture of Katie and Murray. <laughs> yeah. The cop's and like, and then the cop says, "That's not the girl that I saw." Yeah, that's not the girl I like, saw. They all fucking look exactly the same. Like they all I was look the fucking same. Just like, like well, when I watched it. Yeah. Like they all look, they're, they're the same fucking person. Like how can they not look the same? Like how like, can you not see, recognize that? It's like, well, you know, her hair is different. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they don't believe like, him is, until he says, like, well, he said, he said, like, well, her fucking finger was cut off. And the guy's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> fucking finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Fucking Mark. God damn it. Bro, these cops, they, bro, I'm talking about the worst cops ever. <laughs> they are. They're the worst cops in movie history. Uh, so now we see Evelyn walking up the stairs. All right, Murray shows up panicking. He's like, "We didn't fucking find that Julian shit." We don't. We don't know where she is. All right, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Louis. Then they're all. So basically, they're all. So Evelyn's gonna help out Murray look upstairs while Louis looks around downstairs. Downstairs for for Julie, aka Katie. All right. Yeah. So because w- when we saw them last, they're in a struggle. You know what I mean? And now yeah. we see Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. Did we mention that Evan looks like Julie? We mentioned that, right? <laughs> because they all yes. fucking look alike. Because <laughs> Evelyn and Julie are twins, and and yes. and Katie looks just like the. Well, maybe maybe Katie was like like a like a you know, maybe maybe they were don't, triplets. Don't. You know what I mean? And then Katie like fucking don't, just got shipped to New York. Don't try to justify this. Don't try to justify this. Well, that had to be it because maybe they're all like we're, we're related, right? And then fucking like, you know, like Katie, she's got like shipped in New York. You know what I mean? But like maybe somehow like Julie still had a New York accent at the same time. You know, it could happen. It yeah. could happen. It could happen. It's possible. So they're looking upstairs and they're looking for, I mean, this fucking Murley guy. Like, did we mention he was kind of weird? Like yeah, he was fine at the beginning and then he became like this like weird, like, I guess like the, the mental patient type of guy or something. Well, doesn't they say some point that he was Doctor What's his name's yeah. uh, patient? Yeah, yeah, we said that, but we don't we don't know what he was diagnosed with. You know what I mean? No. He just but became it was weird. Probably something. It was something that made you murder people, though. This is what I think. Yes. So he's looking through every room, and he is just like sweating bullets. He's like, "I'm gonna find this girl." All right, I'm searching through all the fucking room, and of course, everyone. She's just like very, very slowly, but we see that she has like the the ice pick on her. So they're in this one room that has a mirror, and eventually we see the hand of Evelyn has one finger cut off, so it's a swerve. It's actually 
even though I told right when they cut the scene with her on the stairs, I knew for a fact it was fucking uh, Katie the whole time, just dressing yeah, up like Evelyn. It had to be. It had yes. to be right. It couldn't. It couldn't. It, yeah, that's yeah. what had to. Happen. So basically, Mary sees this shit and he's attacks attacks her ass, and then she fucking stabs him in the fucking neck. So it goes fucking worst Mary. effect I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a kindergarten movie. Like you know, like you can't afford to have the the uh, ice pick, the the effect of the ice pick going into the neck. So you just yeah. put your hand up with the fake ice pick of your neck, and he just lays there with the fake fake ice pick on his neck, on his hand. It's like holy fuck, really? Yeah, like, he, this is the best MGM could do in 1987. He did have some lines though, like before he got stabbed in the fucking neck, he was all like, Mary was oh, yeah. all like, he's like, hey, uh, you know, how are you gonna do it when when you kill her? You know what I mean? You're going to use some rope, you know? This is how I would do it. This is how I do it. I use some rope. rope and yeah. strangler. Like knife and shit. You know that rope that's like really like strong and shit? Yeah, I'll use that one. <laughs> but this fucking guy. So, Murray's dead. So, during all this stuff, um, uh, Lewis, he is like, you know, patrolling the downstairs and he has like one of those like fireplace sticks. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying, where are you, miss... McGroover. I said that right? McGroover? That's her last name. McGovern. McGovern. That's what yeah, 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 McGovern. Where are you, Miss McGovern? So So now Katie's a little upset because she just killed somebody. Well actually well actually she just killed two people, technically. Technically, yeah. Alright. This she killed Evelyn. Alright, because we find her body pretty soon, and then she killed Mary too. So this girl just fucking flight or flight with this girl. She's killing everybody. So, but, you know, she's now she's in actor's mode now because she's upset, but now she still wants to play Evelyn so she can leave. Right. All right so now Lewis is, uh, he's, he's looking for, for Katie. And, like, at first I was like, why is he looking for Katie in, like, a little armoire thing? <laughs> All right, but it was actually, like, a couch. Like, <laughs> did it look like that? It was, like, a little armoire thing. Like, oh, is she in here? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, how the fuck is she gonna fit in there what did you like chop her up like what the fuck anyway well so, i mean <laughs> evelyn is in there but yeah she was in like the the bedroom part he looked like the little like side part so yeah but so he, like, he, he at, so he lifts like, it up is, right why is he looking yeah. <laughs> in this little, in this little seat thing how <laughs> is she hiding underneath there <laughs> So he fucking lifts up the fucking bed part, and we see the dead body in there. But she—he's being distracted by uh, Katie yeah, slash Evelyn on the it. stairs. Yeah, right. they're like he talking to each other, it. and like you know, he's basically she's saying like, "Oh, you're not having any good luck finding her and stuff. Like maybe I'll just leave and go find her myself." I'm just gonna uh-huh. go. <laughs> so then, like, so something happens. So like she, so Evelyn slash Katie is on the stairs, and she's talking yes. to Lewis. Lewis is not on the stairs. And then, like, his heart beats and a piano plays. And now, since that happened, yeah. now he figured out, I have found Katie. She is right in front of me. Yeah, so I didn't understand this. So can you yes. explain to me why this happened? Uh, as I hit the microphone and drink my tea, yes, I will explain <laughs> to you why this happened. So, Thanks. So, you know, you know, you know, Lewis, he is a world-renowned doctor. Okay? He is. In, in psychology. And he's also a hunter, too. Okay. Yes. He's also in a wheelchair because he's old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So he has a magic power where he can tell if somebody is lying. Because what happens is when they lie, 
his heartbeat monitor, which, which does Bluetooth, by the way, that we haven't invented yet, now plays on the piano. And that's why it's like the piano starts playing and he's like, oh, this must be a sign that you're now Katie. Did I get that right? It's just so weird because like all of a sudden the piano starts playing yes. and then he's like, you're not Evelyn. Like, And then like he like gets why? up and he falls like, okay, first of all, okay. Was he supposed to be like the main villain at the end? Because this guy, like, I mean, yeah. I know the girl wasn't like the biggest girl and she's like, you know, I could have took, I mean, come on. This guy could barely well, fucking walk. All right. Well, right. Like he is supposed to be a paraplegic, although he huh. does walk for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and he's like walking around. He falls down the stairs to trying to catch her. She like runs upstairs, frankly, and tries to hide from his ass. I'm like, fuck, bro. That's like, mm. I mean, he's kind of like a big guy. Run out the door. Yeah. Why exactly. Run out the door. She could have just like fucking like you know stomped I mean, on his fucking head. Wheelchair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's in a wheelchair. Like, run over his head. Run, run the wheelchair. Exactly. But no, she has to run up this fucking stairs. This guy could probably fucking can't even stand. And he's like, no way out. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Not so, now. Yeah. So now, like, Lewis is like walking through up the upstairs. He sees dead Murray. He's like, he kind of like, you know, yeah. looks a little, little upset. Still uh, Kate, his hand to his, his throat. Yes. And then Katie, she's in that two way mirror now. She's like staring through him and stuff. And we have this whole long scene. I mean, it's like, just fucking him, Lewis looking around and stuff, getting angry. He like, <laughs> he smashes and he breaks the fucking goldfish cup. And I was like, fuck, man, come on. Yeah, what am I goldfish doing? He steps do? on the goldfish. Yeah, he yeah, steps on the goldfish. I was like, come on, bro. Show he's a bad guy. Yeah. I'm like, bro, come on now. The goldfish survived this whole time, but they couldn't survive the whole movie. <laughs> nope. And then this fucking guy gets all pissy and then he smashes the mirror. And he looks around and admits. Katie's not there. She goes up. She's up in the attic. So now he goes all the way. And this guy's slow as shit, too. So this is like a good, like, 30 minutes for this fucking guy to get up the stairs, okay? <laughs> I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, fuck, bro. Just get up there, okay? So he's he, he's in there. Now he's on the attic, all right? So Katie's up in the attic, and he like, he's like, I, I you got to explain this to me. So, you know, he can kind of walk. He has, like, that, you know, firehouse cane stuff. But then he gets in the attic. Then he starts, like, Using his hand to like crawl, like you know, on the billboard to like crawl towards the door. Well, okay, so that I kind of did understand. So yeah. he's using the rafters to hold himself up. Yeah, but so like, I guess, fuck. I guess he can walk a little bit. Just run there and much, kick him in the bowels and leave. Exactly. Well, I mean, now she's trapped in the attic. Like, why didn't she yeah. just run out the door when she was downstairs? Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. So now she's like yeah. threatening, threatened by uh, the paraplegic bad guy. <laughs> So he opens. He knows that Katie is now in this door. So he goes in there yeah. to try to attack her. He opens up the door and he stabs her. But it was a swerve, brother. It was actually. So he, it, it took. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. He took so long getting up the stairs that Katie <laughs> took the dead body, <laughs> placed it in the fucking act and the, the attic, yes. hid herself in the bed. And hope that he go to that door to find her and to stab the dead body. Did I got that correct? This dead, this dead, you did get it correct. This dead body that looks like it's made out of butter. Yes. Like it's the worst yes. dead body I've ever seen in a movie. So then we had to have a blade, Satan's blade maybe. Yeah. Now we had to have a blade, and she, she, he, she stabs Lewis in the back. All right, but that doesn't take yeah. him down that much. 
it's not until he gets caught in the fucking bear trap mm-hmm. where he Which is taken down. Up, apparently. Yeah, but that she said, oh, she had time to do that too, by the way. That's how yeah, long it took this guy to go up the stairs. Bear trap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how long it took him to get up the stairs. I mean, come on. Did you really need to do all that? <laughs> you could have just fucking left. All right. You could have just left, exactly. So then we get the whole thing where, like, she's, like, you know, upset and everything in the corner. And then we see Dr. Lewis rise like he's fucking Frankenstein. And he just falls great. right back down. And then I could not believe with my own fucking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Rob and Holland, they just show up. I'm like, well, fuck, guys. It's a little too late. This girl just fucking yeah. killed three people. You didn't do jack shit. You yeah. just showed up. He goes to her, and like Rob well, goes to her, like touches her face and shit. What were we going to say? Yeah, well, that's that's why he rises up, right? Because he's, he fell on the trap door. And then Rob and Roland are climbing up the stairs underneath the trap door and they push it up and it pushes his body up. Yeah. And that's like supposed to be like the, uh, uh, the, uh, what do you call that? Like when, uh, like at the end of Friday the 13th, when Jason jumps up out of the water, like, uh, there's a term for that. But I can't think of what it is, but anyway, it's supposed to be like, Oh, the killer's back alive, but not really. It's yeah. just the door's opening and he falls over. <laughs> so then Rob and Roland and the two useless cops show up. Yes. Uh, to save Julie. Even though she saved herself, apparently. Yes. So he shows up. Rob does to her. Touches her face a little bit. All right. Touches her. They leave in a cop car. And that's it. And the cops are just like, I don't, you know, I don't know. When we were out here, it didn't seem like anything weird was yeah. going on. I bet that Tom be like, you know, I'm still not convinced that's the same girl. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sue, I'm gonna sue the police department for this. So that is the uh, dead of winter, everybody. Yeah, yeah. What a very uh, interesting movie. I mean, he's. Uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, like to me, if we, if if I was gonna judge the this type of movie, I actually, when it comes to like you know, we're gonna have like some movie plot or some fake you know movie plot. Where, Actually, I kind of like the curtains ones a little better. But, you know, this one had, like, it had its moments. You know, we had some good acting in it, you know. So, but, I don't know. I just, this one wasn't really hitting it for me. You know what I mean? It's just not like, uh, it was okay, I would say. It was, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I think it's the worst of the Ice and Snow movies that we did. I mean, I think that uh, Satan's Blade is better than this. I think I think Iced is even better than this. Yeah, I had a little bit, um, little bit more fun watching those movies, you know, than I yeah, did uh, sure. this one. This one, like I said, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was like horrible. It was just like, I don't know. Just it was just like missing something. You know what I mean? For all that production they did, all the actors and actresses that they had, I don't know. Just they could have like done something like a little different. So. Yeah, it seems like they really tried to had to work to get it to an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Just like we had it work to get it to an hour forty minutes too, brother. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So everybody, Last 15 minutes are worth watching. Yes. So everybody, that has been our ice and snow month here on the Retro Blood. I hope you all enjoyed it. You know, check out our, mm. check out the ones we did. We did fucking uh, curtains. Or we did iced. We did Satan's Blade, brother, and the Dead of Winter. Oh, so yeah. very fun reviews, everybody. Check it out. Plus, we did that special lights out of the uh, Saint Valentine's Day massacre. So pretty, uh, pretty uh, fun month over here. But you know, the Retro Blood, brother. We keep rolling, like our boy rolling. We keep, we keep, rolling. We keep going. Yes. 
So next month, everybody, we're going to be in March. And we decided to do a special cemetery and graves in 1980 horror movies. So anything that has like a graveyard or cemetery, either in the name or in the plot, we'll be talking all about it. We found four fantastic movies. It's going to be a fun month, guys. Yeah. Like we we ain't playing around this month. This is going to be a fun one. Um, Because the first one we're doing to start off our cemetery graves months is going to be Cemetery of Terror. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, brother. So join us here next Sunday for the Retro Blood. And of course, you know, Facebook, everybody. We have all the extras on there. Why wouldn't you join? Facebook uh, regular uh, group group page with all the extras. Facebook regular page, all the show drops on there. Yep. You know, check us out on the YouTube and everything. Check us all out, everybody. And what should we leave the audience with today? I guess I'll pick a song out of the... Uh, yeah, pick one of those Phenomena songs. Phenomena songs. So this one sounded, like I said before, the one I was going to do was no no retreat no surrender yep just like our girl katie she ain't retreating brother even though this guy was a paralegic and fell on the stairs and you could probably just could have ran over him and he probably just would have fell down a little bit no we ain't retreating and i'm not gonna surrender too because i'm gonna put this guy not only gonna stab him in the back but i'm gonna put some fucking bear traps and shit on him and you know he's old now and he just died pretty easy that was about it. <laughs> my boyfriend showed up and he didn't do nothing. I just killed like three people in cold blood. And, well, fuck him. Now, do you think she got paid the nine thousand dollars, or that's like you know that ain't gonna happen? Yeah, I, I, sometimes she didn't get paid the nine thousand dollars. So, oh well. Did she even get the three thousand? Do we do we know do we have that confirmed? No. I don't think she even got the three thousand dollars. Well, everybody, we will see you here next time on the Retro Blood. See you later. See you guys. I